It is hard to believe that I'm starting my last sermon at St. John's talking about a burning bush. My heart goes out to those who have family and friends in California as they struggle with horrendous fires. Three months ago, we at St. John's had a much smaller fire. In the midst of the protests over the killing of George Floyd and so many others, a fire was set at the parish hall at St. John's. We were very fortunate that the flames were contained primarily in the nursery. The morning after the fire, we stood as a ministry of presence on the front plaza, offering bottles of water and talking to people who walked by. Our message then, as it is today, is that we support racial justice. The fire in the nursery was unnecessary, but we are not the victims in this narrative. Even when our windows are boarded up and a fence is placed to protect our building, we have raised signs that say Black Lives Matter with a beautiful Bible quote from Micah, do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. In the reading from Exodus, God uses a burning bush to get Moses' attention. The fire in the nursery and the fires in California were caused by bad actors and bad weather, not God. When God is trying to catch our attention, God doesn't randomly destroy things. Even in the story of Exodus, we are told that the bush was not harmed by the flames. Moses saw this bush in flames while he was tending sheep on the mountain of Horeb. He had fled his home in Egypt for fear of punishment because he had killed a temple authority. Noticing the bush was burning, he turned aside to come closer to investigate. God spoke to Moses and told him to go back home to lead, to lead the Israelites to freedom. Moses' first reaction was fear. He did not want to face whatever was waiting for him, let alone lead the Israelites into a new direction. But Moses heard the voice from the burning bush. Moses faced his fear as he returned to Egypt. In our gospel lesson from Matthew, Peter too is asked to confront his fears and change. Poor Peter, he never seems to get it right. Last week, Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? Peter cried out, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus praised him and called Peter the rock upon which the church will be built. Then in a quick moment, Peter goes from being one who is the foundation of the church to being called Satan by Jesus. Peter goes from being the rock to being the stumbling block. Jesus and the disciples have withdrawn from the crowds that had been following them. In our gospel passage this morning, Jesus, for the first time, begins to prepare for his journey to Jerusalem. Jesus tells his disciples that he will undergo great suffering, die, and on the third day be raised. Even though the disciples have grown in faith, they are surprised. Peter and the disciples have a vision of life that Jesus will be the Messiah who will return Israel to glory. Peter the Rock pulls Jesus aside to persuade him that being the Messiah meant a dream of glory, not death. 
Some of the followers see Jesus as a heroic military figure who will overthrow the Roman occupiers. Some see Jesus as a demigod who will proclaim, reclaim the throne of David in Jerusalem and usher in a new kingdom. Some see Jesus as the great shepherd who will heal and feed everyone while overthrowing the Romans and being king. As followers of Jesus, the disciples saw themselves as revolutionaries and healers. Jesus draws the disciples together and says, if anyone, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Nowhere in their wildest imaginations do the disciples see Jesus suffering and dying. When Peter rebuked Jesus, Jesus became angry. The expectations of Jesus to be the warrior king or shepherd was tempting. These temptations were so familiar to the temptations that Satan offered to Jesus in the desert. The temptation was to play it safe. Peter was offering Jesus an easier and softer way. The deep secret of Jesus' harsh words to the disciples and us in this passage is that our fear of suffering and death robs us of life. Because fear of death turns into fear of life, into a stingy, cautious way of living that is not really living at all. Like Moses and Peter, we need to notice when God is trying to catch our attention so that we can investigate. Most likely, it isn't an incendiary bush, but a sign or even an instinct. Let us notice and turn aside to listen for God's voice and overcome our fears. Let us risk shaking up our lives and say yes to God. Peter, like many of us, had a series of burning bush experiences before he truly understood. The first bush was Jesus' words that to suffer and to fear and to change are the way of Jesus. Peter was asked to free his preconceived notions that the Messiah was going to be a heroic figure. Sometimes we have an image of ourselves that needs to be shattered. Peter was called to understand, as we are called to understand, that following Jesus means opening ourselves to new challenges. To be a follower of Jesus, I have to deny myself, lose myself, and secondly, take up my cross. To deny ourselves is to lose the life we have crafted for ourselves. To deny ourselves is to leave our stingy, cautious way of living. Moses left his life as a shepherd to start a journey to God's promised land. Peter left his life as a fisherman to follow Jesus into a way that meant suffering and loss. And what is our cross to bear? Jesus the Messiah is asking us to do the hard work to change and grow. To deny ourselves means to shatter our own preconceived notions that we are perfect followers of Jesus, just as we are. To deny ourselves is to overcome our fears 
an image of ourselves and to be open to listening for God's call to change. We can choose to ignore the voice of God or we can choose to lean over, pick up the cross and say, I am ready to follow you, Jesus. I will overcome my fear of losing what I thought was going to be my life to change and follow you. Ten days after the fire in the nursery, I had my own burning bush experience. I was standing and waiting for the bishop to arrive and start a prayer service in the middle of 16th Street. I stood with others who were holding signs of support for Black Lives That Matter. I was rather proud of myself. Behind us was a line of military officials with shields. In front of us was a crowd that began to push us against the military. The woman who was next to me was an African-American priest in this diocese. We continued to be pushed into the shields and military. In my white privilege, I never once felt danger. The black priest next to me, however, was terrified. She brought out her phone and showed the military a photo and said, this is my son who is expecting me to come home and make supper for him. She thought that maybe she was not going to get home that evening. She felt danger and I felt safe. That is when I woke up and realized that systematic racism in all its flavors. Her fear was founded on centuries of racism. I felt we were two priests standing next to each other. But white whiteness led me to feel safe. Her blackness led her to see danger. I heard God's call to me that compels me to change my life, to look at my life and realize that I have a long way to go. I have loved my time at St. John's. It has been a great honor to serve alongside my fellow clergy and the wonderful operation staff. We have done labyrinths and blessed police service animals. We have rejoiced at the installation of Rob as your rector and celebrated Savannah's ordination to the priesthood. We have discovered new ways to connect and care for each other during the pandemic. I have loved you all and together we have made St. John's a place of grace. I am very excited about what the future holds for St. John's. Jesus taught that he would not suffer and die in Jerusalem, but be raised from the dead. Jesus amongst us as we listen for God's voice. Under the leadership of Rob and your vestry, with Jesus alongside, you have the chance to shed some of your image and life to embrace something new. Watch for God's signs and turn aside to listen. Do not be afraid of what is coming next. Do not draw back from the opportunity you have literally knocking on your front door. God is calling St. John's and me to something new as our journeys part. May we listen and follow that call. Amen.